Hare Krishna, everybody. Hope you're having a fabulous Sunday. If I can just request, um, if at all possible, if you can come forward, because it's a little alone up here. If you can all please come forward. We will start with five minutes of a prayer uh, be- before we begin the lecture. It's called the Jaya Radha Madhava prayer. Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari
All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to Shishiguru and Shishigoranga. So good afternoon, everybody. Before we start, I will recite a Sanskrit prayer that is in honor of the Supreme Mother, Srimati Radharani, who is seated here on the altar. We have a few forms of her, and many of you may already be knowing this prayer. Um, it starts off, and you can please respond. I'll do one word at a time, and then one line at a time. Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Vishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Pranamami Hari Priye And the translation is as follows I offer my humble obeisances to Sri Mati Radharani, whose complexion is like molten gold. She is very dear to Lord Krishna and is the daughter of King Vrishabhanu. Let me take shelter of her. So if I can have a show of hands of how many of you are either mothers or have had a mother. So either are you a mother or you have had a mother in your life. So that should most likely be all of us, unless we have some great sages in our midst who were able to take birth without a mother. And today is the most auspicious day of Mother's Day celebrated in America. So I thought we would delve a little bit into what is motherhood 
What are some of the qualities of motherhood that we can imbibe? And what are the divine qualities of motherhood that once we have imbibed, we can share with others? So, um, Daru Prabhu had mentioned that I am lucky, very fortunate to be serving as the vice principal of TKG Academy, and I'm also a teacher there. Last week, we had a student um, come in at an off time with their family, and usually our gates are locked. And the gates are locked on the courtyard because of safety reasons. And they had come at an off time, so I had to run inside and get the key and then unlock the gate. And this little boy, his name is um, Nadia Vihari. He's very young, and he's just starting to speak. I think it was Nadia Vihari. It was either him or his elder brother who had asked as I was um, closing the gate and then locking it again behind, as they had, the family had come into the um, playground, he asked me, Mantichi, why you always have to lock the gate? And so internally, as soon as I heard his question, there's a very serious reason why schools have to have gates locked, and we're all aware of that reason. Um, but how am I supposed to explain that to a three- or four-year-old boy? So instead, I was struggling with what words to catch and how to explain this. So I said, Bita, it's just, it's for your safety. And because we want to keep you safe, we lock the gates. And it was just a quick answer without going into the fact of, you know, there may be bad guys who will come in here. I didn't want to scare him. That same day, um, and as he had asked that question, I felt like a little bit gripped with a little bit of worry. And I went home that same afternoon and my husband said, did you hear the news? Actually, my husband had, was sitting with his laptop and he just had opened up his laptop and he's like, oh, Krishna, look at the news. And it was just shown that around that same time that that interaction had happened, there was yet another shooting of school children in um, North America. And for any of you who are aware of what's happening, you know, follow the news. The news can be very scary, especially, of course, they like to sensationalize it. But we have had the most school shootings um, last year and this year than ever before. And this issue that's happening around our society, where children themselves are being placed in a situation of not being protected in the very environment that is supposed to protect them, is of rising concern to many of our local and national and federal leaders. And people are struggling to figure out what to do about this. So even for those of us who are spiritualists and who try to follow a spiritual path, it is also of rising concern that the world that we are living in is becoming more dangerous. And when the world we are living in becomes more dangerous, those who are helpless and those who need protection the most, the animals and the children, they are at risk. They are at the highest risk. So if you look at the opposite, at who is placed right near the children from the very beginning of a child's life to nurture and protect, that personality is known as the mother. The child, Krishna, the Supreme Lord, has arranged that the child comes out from the mother's womb. And in addition to arranging that material circumstance, the mother is automatically and naturally filled with and science can call it hormones, 
a very, very intense need for protection, protecting your child. And this is not a circumstance that happens just in the human body. Also, you see the mama bears and any animals. If you know, if you want to make them angry, you'll go near their cubs and they will automatically be surged with emotion of anger and protectedness. In addition to this need to protect, the mother is also filled with incredible amount of two qualities, selflessness and compassion. Compassion towards one's child is an automatic principle, an automatic emotion that arises, sometimes shockingly so, in the heart of a mother. And so there are so many examples that we can take. Um, there is the story, there was a fo- folklore uh, that my mother had told me when I was a little girl about the Gujarati phrase is something like, Ma e ma bija badha van vagrana va, something like that. That there is no other person than a mother. And my good fortune, I offer my obeisances to her. I had just called her this morning and she had just, she's like, oh, Bita, you're calling me and I'm all the way up um, the top of the hill at Varsanadham. And so I felt very privileged that I had called her right when she was at Varsanadham, which is where Shimati Radharani um, is present and um, lives. And my mother had told this story to me when I was really little, that there was once um, a son who was very dear to his mother, but then got married to a wicked wife who was trying to take him away from his mother. And the, the wife was so wicked, now it's a folklore, and the wife became so wicked that she kept the mother at her home as a slave. But the son couldn't do anything about it, though his heart cried to want to help his mother, protect his mother. His love and infatuation for his wife was higher. So the mother, through her humility and her compassion of her child and not wanting to disturb her son's relationship with his wife, just kept serving their family and serving this wicked um, daughter-in-law that she had. And it just so happens, as folklores are, they're very extreme, that one day the wife asked the son, asked her husband, who do you love more, me or your mom? Of course, my dear beloved, I love you way more than my mother. If that's the case, I want you to cut out her heart and bring it to me. Of course, again, this is a folklore, and it is signifies, it shows extreme situations to make the point. So uh, the son cut out his mother's heart, and as he's running to give the mother's heart to his wife, he slips and falls. And the beating heart speaks aloud, having fallen onto the ground. Oh, my dear son, are you okay? Please slow down so you don't get hurt. So this shows, this folklore shows the nature of a mother, the compassionate nature of a mother. And this compassion is shown in other ways as well. We know King Solomon of Israel. He has, there is that tale of how he had um, two women come to him to settle a dispute. And they were trying to, they were both arguing about this particular child that they had said belonged to them. And so this child was um, play, a little small baby. King Solomon said, place the baby between the two lines. 
And you, one mother stand to the left and one mother stand to the right. And whoever pulls the child to them first, that person will be considered and will get the baby. And so both of the mothers stood on either side and one held the legs of the baby and one held the arms of the baby. And ready, set, pull, what's going to happen to the baby? The baby starts crying and screaming and shrieking. And the real mother, what does the real mother do? Who has heard this story before? Yes. So the real mother drops. That's okay. If I don't have this child as my as mine, if I'm not given this child to take care of, as long as the child stays safe and happy and is not in misery. So King Solomon used this example to show that even though she knew she may lose the child, she let go because she could not stand to see her child in pain. So the quality of a mother is compassion. And compassion means identifying the inherent good in someone, regardless of their external qualities. And we see that a lot with children and interacting with children. The child may be tantruming, may be getting frustrated, may be upset, but the mother or the teacher or the caregiver knows that even though the child is freaking out and my little child is upset or angry or throwing a tantrum at me, I trust the inherent good in my child. And this was also displayed by Queen Suniti in the Srimad Bhagavatam. So the story goes that there was a young boy named Dhruva. He was five years old, and he wanted to sit on the lap of his father, Uttanapad. But he also had a stepbrother and a stepmother. His stepbrother went and sat on the throne on his father's lap, and as soon as little Dhruva climbed up, to sit on his father's lap, his stepmother, whose name was Suruchi, said, Stop. You are not my son. You cannot sit on the lap of the king because that signifies that you would become the next king and you will not become the next king. Only my son, Uttam, will become the next king. So how is it that you think you are qualified to climb up on the lap of your father? And the story goes in detail that Dhruva, being a warrior prince, was very, very hurt and very angered by this. And he immediately ran to his mother in so much anger, his real mother, whose name was Suniti. Suniti, however, was not so loved by the king. She was a very pure-hearted sweet soul, but she had been discarded as the unimportant wife of the king. And she felt the pain of her child, that anger, and she felt the pain herself, that why did the king not say any words? But the quality she displayed was seeing the inherent good, not only in her son, but also in the stepmother, and also in the king. She was able to display that sign of compassion so strongly that she communicated to her son, my dear son, I know you must be hurting so much, but 
It is best not to think cruelly towards another living entity what to speak of your stepmother because she knew that Druva being a warrior was ready to, you know, do something to his brother, his ready to punch him out, something, you know, being a very strong kshatriya. And immediately she addressed that. And my dear son, let us not think about the bad in anyone. Let us look at the inherent good in all. She saw the inherent good in him, even though he was angry. And then she advised him, if you really want the kingdom, go to the supreme mother of all. And who is the supreme mother? This supreme mother will satisfy any of your desires, every and any of your desires. Because this supreme mother is also full of compassion. And who is that supreme mother? Sri Krishna, the supreme personality of Godhead, also known as Lord Narayan, Vishnu, he has so many forms. And so all of us are here today on this Sunday, celebrating Mother's Day. We have perhaps bought flowers for our mothers, or if we are mothers, we got flowers, we took family pictures, we thought, let's go to the temple. And what do we see when we go to the temple? We see the supreme personality of Godhead, who is the original mother, who is the source of all of us, who is the one who really truly can fulfill all of our needs, every single one of our needs. Krishna Mata, Krishna Pita, Krishna Dhana Pran. And the Supreme Personality of Godhead is made of three qualities. Sat, Chit, Ananda. Eternal, full of bliss, and full of knowledge. And those qualities he has invested in us as his living parts. Just like parents hereditarily give their eyes and their nose. And when you have a baby being born, you're asking, who is, who does he look like? Does he look like the mom or the dad? So we are made in Krishna's image because we are his children. And his immediate counterpart is Srimati Radharani. And Srimati Radharani is actually, so you have Krishna, and he's filled with six opulences, wealth, beauty, fame, renunciation. And there is one quality that he has, which is compassion. But he is full of all of these qualities. And then he has a counterpart, Srimati Radharani, who is only completely intense and very, very... Um, strong personification of compassion. And it is described that Srimati Radharani has with her two eyes, one eye always looking at Krishna and the other eye always looking at her children, those of us, the conditioned souls, the living beings, whether we are in human form or plants or animals or amoebas, cells, the 8,400,000 species of life, her heart is always hankering for us, the living beings. And when we, you know, when you're a mom, you know how much your heart hankers after your children. When your kids go off to school at kindergarten or when they go off to college, it's even a whole syndrome, um, empty nest syndrome, that where mothers go through depression for a year just to identify what is my identity and how will I take care of my um, surroundings now that my child is not there. In the same exact way, Srimati Radharani is hankering for her children. Where are they? When will they come to me? When will they establish, re-establish? Establish their relationship with me. 
And so there was once a dialogue between Krishna and Srimati Radharani in the spiritual kingdom where there was some, um, they had seen all of the school shootings that were happening on the earth planet, I will say. They saw the materialism, the selfishness, the intense envy and anger. And Krishna was feeling, how will I address this circumstance on the earth where instead of being filled with pure love, people are suffering with hate and anger and selfishness because the opposite of compassion is selfishness. And Srimati Radharani was sitting with him and Krishna said, I know what I will do. My dear Radha, because you are the essence of compassion, I will take a completely brand new form. And that brand new form will be known as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Sri Goranga. Can I have a show of hands of who here is familiar with Goranga? All right, let's do the opposite. Who has never heard of Goranga? Okay, we have one, two people. That's good. Who have never heard of Goranga. So Goranga is Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and he is worshipped on the far left side. And he is the... Krishna's form in the mood of compassion, in the mood of Srimati Radharani. And Radharani told Krishna that when you are, and the whole purpose of his form that he appeared 500 years ago is to give freely love to everyone and anyone that he meets. And so he does this through the holy name of Krishna, which is considered the religion for this age. And he has many, many amazing pastimes. You can see some images of him outside. Srimati Radharani said to Krishna, this is the most phenomenal form that you are taking appearance in, and I would like to join you as well in my own color. So since you're taking my mood, I will also give you my color. And Radharani's color, as we know, is golden. So she said, I will wrap your form with my form so that when you are rolling in the ground in ecstasy of love, you will not feel the pain of the rocks and the sticks and the things that are on the ground that are hurting you. And so even in her interaction with Krishna, she shared compassion. And what again is the, the, um, the definition that we are using today of compassion? That who sees inherent good in someone else, even when there is bad, even when there are negative qualities, they see the inherent good in you. And so that is what Krishna and Srimati Radharani show us. And that is something that we can really, really count on with Krishna and Srimati Radharani and Lord Chaitanya, with the supreme world and the supreme um, entities who are all residing there as the supreme mother and father, we can count on this. Now, a mom sees everything. And we I don't know how many of you mothers have ever said this to your children. I remember they used to, they used to believe me when I was two, when they were two and five. Now, my older son is 17. He doesn't, you know, he's not going to believe this. But I used to say, I have eyes in the back of my head. How did you know that, mommy? Don't you know? We mothers are given eyes in the back of our head. Because you've been with this child from the very moment that they take birth. You know every single meaning of each of their cries. There's even a whole book written on how this particular cry means they're hungry. And this particular cry means their diaper needs to be changed. And this particular cry... You know, there's so much detail in when you're nurturing and caring for the first year or the second year that you start really, really knowing your children. 
And even when your children are far away and come back, I can still tell, even as a teacher, when a child is in the playground, I can immediately tell if they suddenly need to use the bathroom. Just because I was with children for so long at a young age that I can almost read their minds. You get to a point where you can read your mind, read their mind. And a child, it's very difficult for a child to lie in front of a mother because the mom has seen everything, you know, changed their diapers, wiped their bums, you know, it's like full display of all authenticity, the relationship between a mother and a child. So it is the same with God, with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Today on Mother's Day, we can tell him, we can talk to him, and we can say, you know what, my dear Lord? You are the most compassionate. When I'm in front of you, I feel like I am so attracted to you, and I so wish to be with you, and I so wish that I could take you with me wherever I go. But when I'm in the world, I'm filled with lust, anger, greed, envy. I get angry very quickly. I'm reactive. I'm negative. My mind gives me troubles. There's so many issues that happen when we leave the temple. Inside the temple, we're all at our best. But as soon as we leave the temple, there's so many things that we become covered with. And so sometimes coming in front of the Supreme Mother and Father, we can feel so guilty and so judged by ourselves that why am I like not myself? Why am I acting opposite to my nature, which is to be completely in love with and showing compassion with the Supreme Lord and to all other living entities? So how can we take this mood of compassion that a mother has and that the Supreme Lord shows, and how can we develop that in ourselves, to ourselves, and with everyone else? That should be the goal of today's seva, or today's service, is how can I ask the Lord to please help me share this compassion and understand this compassion. And again, what is the definition of compassion that we're sharing today? Who remembers? Seeing the inherent good regardless of the negative qualities. Can I have you please repeat that? Seeing the inherent good regardless of the negative qualities. So how do we do that? First, it starts with ourself. So we are our harshest critics. We judge ourselves more than anyone else will judge us. And we specifically judge ourselves even more when we come in a spiritual environment. I'm not clean enough. I'm not pure enough. I'm not, I have been chanting or practicing for years and years and years and look how destitute and how slow and how unqualified I am. And when we, when someone else says a word up against us, the reason why it affects us is because we internally feel that we are already that quality. And so to counter the strength by which we feel that insecurity, we do the opposite. No, how can they say that about us? So the first thing is compassion begins at home, just like they say charity begins at home. And what that means, compassion begins with yourself. My dear Lord, you are my supreme mother. You have seen everything of me. You know me from the very moment that I have been created 
Of course, I'm eternal. So that's another class, another dichotomy. From the very moment that you have decided to make me exist, <coughs> you have seen me just like you've seen all my good, all my bad, all my ugly, just like the mother sees the diapers of a child. Once you see a child's diaper, there's literally nothing that child can do that would be really, really, really wrong to reject the child. Once you have given that level of service, Krishna will never, ever reject us. My dear Lord, please accept me exactly as I am today. Yes, I have... You know, the ideals all the way up to the sky as to what I have to reach. I need to do this and I need to do that. I'm not good enough in this area. I'm not good enough in that area. But today is Mother's Day. And we are going to request the Supreme Lord, our Supreme Mother, to please accept us exactly as we are today. That if I don't change, you please accept me no matter what. And Krishna does accept you no matter what. So that's the first thing. By asking ourselves to accept ourselves and then asking the Supreme Lord to please accept me. Show me compassion by not being a judge of me and a judge of my character and rejecting me. And the scriptures say, Bhava Grahi Janardana, Krishna accepts very, very, very little devotion. Remember, Srimati Radharani is chasing after us, running. She wants us. She misses us. And so she sees a little bit of attention towards her, a little bit, a few steps towards her, a small prayer once a year, and she grabs onto that. We know the um, prayer. Aho bakiyam stanakalakutam jigam shayapaya yadapyasadvi vibhigatim dhatruchitam tatonyam kamvadayalu sharanam rajima. How can I approach anyone who would be considered more compassionate than Krishna who has given the she-demon Putana so you all know the story of this demon, Putana. She pretended to be a mother. She went to Krishna with the pretense, with evil arising in her heart, and decided to feed him poison in order to kill him. And she pretended to be a mother. But what did Krishna do? Do you know what who Putana is in the supreme in the spiritual planet? He she plays the role of a nurse. She was a demon. I mean, can we imagine somebody coming here and trying to kill one of our kids? We see these shootings that have happened and how it shakes us. How can people do that to children? This was Putana. But Krishna is so compassionate that he took this mother and he felt bhavagrahi. Because in her previous life, she was actually the sister of Bali Maharaj. I don't know how many of you know this story. And Bali Maharaj is uh, Vamana the incarnation of the Lord, had come to take everything away from Bali. And the sister of Bali was sitting there at that time and first felt a lot of love towards this young boy, Brahmana. But then when he took everything away, he felt so much, she felt so much hate for him. So because of that, the next life, she took birth as Putana, the Rakshashi, meant to go kill Krishna. But Krishna is so compassionate that he saw the love and he rejected the hate. Seeing the inherent good in someone, regardless of the bad. So what's the first thing we're going to do? We're going to see that in ourselves. Goodness, I have so much bad. 
In Kali Yuga, there's so much nonsense in each and every one of us. Demons and devotees are inside the same heart fighting continuously. And those of us who are practicing spiritually, sometimes we get so overwhelmed and overcome with how much negative there may be. And we think, this is too hard. I can't go on. I've been doing this too long. It's not working. But Krishna accepts us exactly as we are. We don't have to change anything. All we have to do is love Him. All we have to do is come to him, take time with him, connect with him, and say, my Lord, you are the reformer, you are the cleanser, you, I am authentically, I authentically belong to you, and I am who I am. You help me purify myself. So that's number one. Number two, once we accept that in ourselves... And once we actually take time, so actually taking time for accepting that means carving out that time. So those of us in the Hare Krishna movement, we chant mantra meditation for two two hours, 16 rounds. And this is the time when we get to actually speak to Krishna to show him that I'm serious about this. I do want to learn to love you. I do want to become better. I don't want you to just accept the inherent bad in me forever and ever and ever. At some point, I do need to become better and better. And this is the process through mantra meditation. And we can all say the mantra together. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. And then once we do that, we will realize, we will start gradually seeing that those we come in contact with, we'll start to be able to develop that compassion, where we will start seeing the inherent good in others, regardless of their negative. And that doesn't happen superficially. You can try and do it superficially. That's a great task that everyone you come in contact with, regardless of how they treat you, you try to see the inherent good. But you may get frustrated if you're not getting that love internally from the Supreme Mother. Because you may feel that you just can't do it. It's repressed. Your anger, your frustrations are repressed. So it is extremely important to do number one, which is first to request Krishna to accept you authentically and spend time with Krishna. Then number two, you will start seeing that you automatically, wherever you go, now are exhibiting these symptoms of compassion towards others. And it's simple. Compassion, exhibiting compassion is simple. I go into the office and I see a coworker. And the co-worker and I are competitive with each other. And perhaps the co-worker went and told my boss something negative about me. And the first thing I want to do is I see red. I get very angry. And I get very pained and very hurt. And I remember. You remember the Maha Mantra. And you remember. See the inherent good. Reject the negative. Why did this person do this? Maybe he's suffering in his own way. Maybe he had a bad day. Maybe I did something bad to him. Maybe there's a circumstance that has nothing to do with me and he has an illness at his home. And that's why that happened. See the inherent good. Same thing with our children now. It may be a little easier to do with impersonal people like your coworkers or your, you know, people you bump into every now and then. It's a lot harder to do with your children, your spouse, your sister, brother, your friends. How do you see the inherent good? It takes time. It takes practice. That is what sharing compassion means. Because Srimati Radharani wants us, 
She wants to bring all the living entities back to her. And not only does she want to bring all the living entities back to her, as Gauranga Mahaprabhu, they need our help. We only live on this planet for what? 80 years? And everyone we come in contact with once you start chanting the Hare Krishna mantra is now purposefully placed in your path by the Supreme Lord, by the Supreme Mother. And now every single person you're in touch with, if you're clashing, and if you're unable to see the inherent good, then what is the purpose of that interaction? And so today I pray that that be my um, request, that is my request to the Supreme Mother, that please allow me to share your compassion with first myself, and then with everyone I come in contact with, to see the inherent good, and to reject the bad in others. And I'm going to end with one story that was a really cool story. It was the first time I heard it. Sita Devi, who is an incarnation of Srimati Radharani, also our Supreme Mother, the emblem of compassion, how much compassion she showed. So the entire war has taken place. Those of you who know this tale know that there was a big demon, Ravana, and he grabbed Sita Mata, Mata, forcibly kidnapped her, placed her in an Ashoka grove full of evil Rakshashis who tormented her, haunted her like ghosts day and night. And she only remained fixed on the name of Sri Ram. And finally, the war is happening and Lord Ram has become victorious. Hanuman is sent to go get Sita. Let's go bring her back home. And it's the moment of truth for Sita Devi. She's been waiting and waiting and waiting for this moment. And Hanuman comes to take Sita back. And as he sees her, he sees that she is surrounded by these evil Rakshashis. And the Rakshashis are shocked and a little scared. Now what's going to happen to them? Because they were really, really quite cruel and evil to Sita Devi, who was completely innocent. And Hanuman says, before I go, Sita Mata, I'm going to kill the Rakshashis. And Sita Mata says, these Rakshashis are simply and helplessly working under the instructions of the evil Ravana as his servants. It is not our right to punish them. Compassion, seeing the inherent good. She was covered with evil all around her, torment for months. But immediately, inherent good. And she tells the following story. Once there was a hunter in the forest trying to catch a lion. The hunter tripped and lost his weapons. The lion started So the lion saw that the hunter had tripped and started chasing the hunter. The hunter ran up and climbed up a tree. But in the tree, there was a bear. So now the hunter's got two sides, a bear and a lion. What am I going to do? He takes shelter of the bear. And he says, please bear, please bear, I'm taking shelter of you. Spare my life. The bear says, okay, I'll spare your life. But the lion says to the bear, what? Why are you doing that? This is a yummy meal for both of us. We could have a great meal. Shake the tree and let the hunter come down and we'll both eat it. And the bear said, no, he's taken my shelter. I will not give him up. So the bear falls asleep and the hunter is up there. And the lion then starts convincing the hunter. Oh, hunter, I will spare you if you knock down that bear in his sleep. The hunter, being foolish, throws the bear down. 
And as the bear sleeping wakes up, he catches onto the limb and starts crawling up. What would we expect now? The bear is going to eat that hunter. Okay, enough is enough. He threw him to the lion. He didn't care. He didn't see that compassion was shown one way and it wasn't given back. But what does the bear say? And these are Sita Mata's words. The saintly bear replied that great souls never have the inimical attitude towards others. And it is their nature to be compassionate, even if the others are of bad nature. Thus the bear stood by its principles and did not harm the hunter, who was greatly ashamed, seeing the behavior of the bear. So I request that we all try to imbibe that quality of motherhood today. And thank you so much for listening so far. Hare Krishna. Questions? Are there any questions or comments? Hi, Krishna. Thank you so much for giving class. That's a really nice reminder about compassion to see the good in everybody when we're all so covered. And something that uh, you reminded me of is when Mahatma Prabhu mentions the difference between sympathy, apathy, and compassion. And in a nutshell, compassion knows a solution for that person's suffering. So if we're really compassionate, we're looking at that person, understanding that they're suffering, but we also know the solution, which is Krishna consciousness, and to revive that relationship. So I'm a mother of a dog, of an animal, not a human child, but that compassion when you're seeing the bad in these things and you know if they're hurt, you want to have a solution, you want to provide for them no matter what. I think that's a an interesting facet of compassion. To I love that. It's a very, very important facet of compassion that we understand. The real purpose of compassion is to reestablish ours and everyone's relationship with the Supreme Mother and Father. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for that wonderful uh, discussion, Mataji. I was just going to say that in times of trouble, I think the best thing to do is just chant inwardly, and I think that gives you direct connection with Krishna and Srimadharani's potency and gives you direct protection. Yes, what a wonderful point to chant the name of Krishna, and he will give you direct protection. Thank you for sharing. Any other question? No? Oh, okay. We do have one? Yeah. Uh, Hare Krishna. I just want to comment. Uh, like it was great lecture about compassion. So, okay. So uh, the point uh, mentioned here that we should be compassionate about ourselves is really good. I, li- I really liked it. That sometimes we, we become very harsh about ourselves and we judge ourselves a lot. Rather than thinking, okay, judging others, we judge uh, ourselves a lot. So that is really good to understand that we should be compassionate about ourselves. Thank you. Yes, definitely. We cannot, we cannot try and exhibit compassion to others if we are not compassionate to ourselves. And the way we be are compassionate to ourselves is by knowing that Krishna accepts us completely as we are. And He is very compassionate. Alright? Shri the Prabhupada Ki Jai.